So I'm sitting here at the 73rd annual World Science Fiction Convention, Worldcon, also called Sasquan, although there's no Bigfoot. Or SmokeyCon. Yes, SmokeyCon, really, big time. Although it's not too bad today. And my guest, I'm sitting here in the press room, which is all official and makes me feel more important than I actually am, with Brian. Brian, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do? I am a... Fortunately or unfortunately, Hugo nominated editor for Best Short Form. <laughs> I am also an author. Um, I do anthologies for band books like Shattered Shields, uh, Mission Tomorrow, which is upcoming, uh, an Olympic anthology called Galactic Games next year. I'm also doing an anthology with uh, Larry Correa in his Monster Hunter universe, which will be out from Bayon, and a Joe Ledger anthology with Jonathan Mayberry from St. Martin Griffin, which will both be out in 2017. Um, and I'm doing an anthology for the KC Worldcon Mid-American 2 next year. Go Mid-American. And I um, am uh, uh, the author of The Worker Prince, the first book in the Davi Reed trilogy, which got honorable mention on Barnes & Noble Year's Best Science Fiction Releases 2011. And it's coming out in a new revised author's definitive edition <laughs> here. I have to enunciate. It'll be out here in a, a couple months, in, in, in November this year, from Wordfire Press, which is Kevin G. Anderson's company, and Rebecca Mosta. And uh, the, that will be followed by the returning book two, which is also revised, and then the brand new book three, which never got released. So um, you can find me on Twitter at Brian, at Brian Thomas S, two S's. And you can find me on www.briantomasschmidt.net, and I'm on Facebook and so on and so forth. <laughs> so it's been a couple of years since we chatted. I think the last time was at a Worldcon. And at that point, you were doing the Beyond the Sun anthology. God, it must have been Lone Star, huh? Yeah, and it was you and me and Cat Rambo and uh, Jamie Todd Rubin and a bunch of other people yeah. sitting around a table just chatting about the Beyond the Sun anthology. That's right. So, yeah, it's been a couple of years because I didn't go to London. The sun has come and gone since then. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't go to London, so That's that right. would have been. Yeah. So. So uh, lots changed. You're you're doing a lot more stuff. You've gotten a lot more an- anthologies under your belt since then. You've become kind of an anthology machine. I've gotten very lucky. <laughs> I really love to do anthologies, but I've been very very lucky. I've, mm-hmm. I've had concepts and titles that appealed to authors and that appealed to publishers. So I'm I'm very lucky. But I'll keep doing it as long as they let me. Sure. I went to the um, editing anthologies panel today with Resnick and Ellen Dotlow. John Joseph Adams, and I forget the other gentleman's name. Rick. Rich Horton. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were talking about some of the challenges involved and and actually getting publishers to publish an anthology anymore because really for like the big ones, it's not particularly profitable. So you're having to go to the smaller and mid-sized presses. Uh, like you said, you've, you've been lucky. You've been doing a lot with Bain. Uh, they seem to be pushing out quite a few anthologies. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of got an in there and, and had luck, and, and you know, our first anthologies earned back, so they're happy, and things are going well. And for whatever reason, it, it just connects with them and what they want to do, the ideas. Um, and then, you know, I've got a few other small presses too, but I mean, I've just been real lucky that, that people like my concepts. But yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, so other than St. Martin's Griffin, which at this point was a special case because Joe Ledger's a New York Times bestselling series, it's been a little hard to, to sell to other places, but. Anthologies, Bayon uses anthologies to find new writers. So that's sure. one part reason why they really do a lot. Well, so do readers. Right, exactly. The problem is anthologies cost as much or more as a novel to make, but they tend to earn less. So it's, it's, it's a, a bit of an economic issue a lot of times with anthologies. 
um, especially specialty ones. You know, that's why the sales uh, is always the concern, and, and they have to find the right niche and market and the right company for that. That's why there's a lot of companies that do that, and I'm really glad. Mm-hmm. But um, I always try to include everything in the anthologies I do. I try to get people you know, who represent all different backgrounds. Sure. I'm trying sure. to do something that appeals to a wide audience, which means all of fandom. But I, I know the number one thing I have to worry about is, is putting a book together that they know they can sell and make money on. Right. And that's what makes it complicated to sell right now. Well, and one of the things that, that John Joseph Adams and, and Ellen Dotlow and, and Mike Resnick all mention is like the structure of an anthology a lot of times is, is reprint stories. And, and they're reprint stories from people who are already established. Mm-hmm. and But they use those because they try to get three, four, five slots that are for brand new authors. You know, who and then so someone comes in to read a Cat Rambo story and they get to see, you know, some newbie author who just happens to be in there as well. Do you try to structure yours the same way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I usually get between five and ten, and sometimes when I'm lucky, 15 headliners or people that are well-established with a decent audience. And then the rest of the slots, and I'm, you're, you're talking 17 to 25 stories per anthology on average if you're doing 100, 100 to 110,000 words, okay? Uh, and that that the rest of those slots are always for for new and up, up and coming writers, and I always seek them out, and I always try to find them and and nurture them along. Um, because I mean, my my philosophy of doing anthologies is this: the reason I do anthologies is I can create an opportunity for myself, and I can create an opportunity for other people. I I can get to work with my 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 own writing heroes, and I can get to help create new writing heroes for the future and I can bring them all together so they get to work with their writing heroes and boom we have a book so for me I've always been a person who's been involved in doing things to help people and my family kind of does that so it's one of those things that this is a way to help people and we get to all live our dreams together so being an anthology is like a you know, it's, it's kind of cool when you get your name in an anthology with somebody you really admire. Or I get to be first reader on a Robert Silverberg or some story. You know, it's like <laughs> it's humbling, but it's cool. Right. Yeah. And and it doesn't seem like you've run out of any ideas for anthologies. No, I've got a list at home about 10 to 15 projects <laughs> that are still waiting for a home. Yeah. I'm always putting them together. But, I mean, I'm sold out through 2017 at this point. So, basically, everything I sell at this point is 2018, 2019, which is a good problem to have. Right. So I slowed down a little bit, but I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been real lucky that they found homes, and so that keeps me busy. So I was thinking now I have to do is try to start selling fiction more like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you so, fill so, up the other half of my schedule. <laughs> so what's the, what's the most recent one? What's your latest project? Um, Mission Tomorrow is an anthology that will be out November 3rd from Bayon. It is basically about science fiction writers imagining the future of space exploration when NASA is no longer the only game in town. So will private companies rule the stars? Are we going to have, you know, governments taking up the call? Uh, are, are the countries going to dominate? Is the U.S. still going to be number one? Although, you know, we've already seen that with Russia, those kind of things. So I got, you know, Jack McDevitt and Ben Bova and Michael Flynn, Silverberg, Gunn, Resnick, Cooper, Brenda Cooper, a whole bunch of people together. And then we imagine interesting stories about that. And we dedicate it to the folks at NASA because I'm, I'm a big NASA fan. This is not about bashing NASA. It's about, you know... The recapturing some of the awe that I used to have as a kid every time this, you know, somebody went in space. I mean, it was just incredible. Sure. And I think to a degree we've lost that because it became a little ordinary with the space shuttle. It did. And so, you know, that's part of the reason why funding wasn't as important anymore. Well, to me, I mean, there's still a whole future ahead of us that is important and all the things can be accomplished. So we're looking to that next phase. So that's what Mission Tomorrow is about. It's got, uh, I believe, 19 stories in there about different things. And there's only there's only a couple, a couple of reprints in there, uh, but most are brand new. Okay. And are you able to talk about Wordfire Press? Mm-hmm. 
What do you want to know? Your new role there? I am basically the... the, Okay, there's a managing editor that I work under, but I'm basically the main editor for developmental edits and as well as... um, Making recommendations on acquisitions for that press for mm-hmm. Wordfire, so I edit, which mostly, is amazing, mostly novels for them. But I wasn't sure if you could talk about it, so well, I, I can I, talk about. It. I mean, okay. It's, to me, I've been doing it. I've been doing it now for two months. So <laughs> you're like, it's amazing. I'm like, no, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> it's not that I don't love it, Kevin. Don't fire me. But no, I mean, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy what I'm doing, and it's fun because I get to go out and seek stor- stories. Like I can tell you that one of the books that I'm trying to acquire, and we don't have a contract yet, so I say trying. Hopefully, it's going to work out is the Sarah Buhall series by um, John Pitts, which he was doing for Tor, did three books, and then Tor had dropped it, unfortunately, due to sales or whatever. Well, it's about uh, this, this actually, it's a, a lesbian um, blacksmith who finds a magical sword and ends up having to fight dragons in the Pacific Northwest, which is like where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. So I love that series. I love the way it's written. It's urban fantasy. It's a lot of fun. He's got, you know, kind of the... Uh, the, uh, the the LARPers and people that are you know part of the story and different things actually having to use all their, their, their play training for real enemies, you know, real trolls and monsters and such. And so um, we're hopefully going to continue that series. Um, Todd McCaffrey approached us about doing some books. I've got one by Alan Dean Foster I'm getting ready to edit. I mean, it's pretty wild. I get to, and I also get, you know, we, we did Cat Rambo's first novel. We've yeah. got some up-and-coming people. Cat is really excited, too. I mean, she's yeah. just, she was, I saw her yesterday. And she was just giddy, yeah. giddy, because her book was available here in the dealer's room. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it's a good feeling, and it's, that's one of the best parts is we get to help. And you don't think about it. Kat's been around for so long, and she's written so many stories and so many wonderful stories, right? You don't think about it. this is her debut novel. I know. You know what happened to me a few years ago is I felt like Kat was this big shot writer, but everybody knew her as an editor, and they're like, "Oh no, nobody really knows her as a writer." It's like, "Oh, I just heard her name everywhere." I assumed it was, you know. So for her. It's kind of like she's kind of catching up a little bit. But, I mean, I've seen her everywhere. I've worked with her before. Mm-hmm. And now she's, of course, president of CIFO, which makes her a big shot, uh, if nothing else. Personally, I think she was a big shot long before that. Her mm-hmm. writing, her talent is, you know, un- oh, yeah. undeniable. But, yeah, yeah. So we get to work with people like that, really cool people, and, and bring them up. I've got a really exciting novel by a lady named Julie Frost that's coming out that's a werewolf novel. Werewolf, werewolves, vampires, all kinds of stuff that we edited that Larry Correa discovered. We've got some that have been sent to us by Todd McCaffrey and... David Farland that are like their discoveries new young writers that we're working with I told Patrick send me his novel I want to take a look at it you, know, you never know what might happen with that so it's cool I mean for me it's a chance for me to uh, enter another phase of not just helping people with short stories but hey let's help them get some novels sure. and Wordfire has graciously agreed to re-release um, my Space Opera series which was published by a small press and then got Paul Goat Allen, who's a major critic, put it on his year's best list as an honorable mention for BarnesandNoble.com in 2011 that first book did well, but then the press kind of had some problems, and the second book release kind of faltered and didn't go anywhere. So I've revised them. It's a, The basic concept is Moses meets Star Wars. It's not really a religious book. It's really more about... Um, uh, it's really more of a Star Wars, but I'm just using the Moses story as a framework because it's sure. great mythology and it's a great story. And it's, it's really just a lot of fun with kind of an old B-movie, you know, pulpy feel to it. And lots of action and lots of fun, humorous banter. And, I, and a few winks to the audience of... I put a few Star Wars lines in there. You know, the, this bickering is pointless is one of the lines at some point. Different things like that. For those of us who grew up with the same influences, it's kind of fun. So I've done a newly revised version of the first book, polishing it up, cleaning it up, making it b- better written because I'm a better writer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, also 
I have the luxury of fixing it so that all three books match now that I have the third book done to make sure that we have real good flow through the series. And I, the people I, who read the first one and the second one before now get a third one that they The third one that they've been have. waiting for, yeah. Right. Yeah, and we have brand new versions of one and two that are even better for those who haven't read that can come into it. Yeah, I mean, I already had Jonathan Mayberry tell me that he loved it. He couldn't wait to read more when he read The Worker Prince. So that was really cool because here's somebody who I'm a big fan of who's now a fan of me. So, you know, so that's coming out in November, too. And both Mission Tomorrow and The Worker Prince will be launched at Stanley's Comic Con, Kamikaze, okay. over Halloween weekend in Los Angeles. So that's pretty exciting. That is. Yeah. So you're just a busy guy. Very busy guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to talk and take a breath every time you ask me a question. That's I'm tired. <laughs> did you have the Did you have the third book written, or did you have? To... I wrote the third book early this year. I didn't okay. have it written for a long time because various things interrupted, and then I didn't know what I was going to do when things kind of didn't go anywhere with the second book, and the press started having problems. So I was like, "There's no home for it. I don't know what to do with it anyway." So it got put off for, and put off and put off and put off, which is probably stupid on my part. But whatever the case, I'm kind of glad now because I get a chance to do it do it better than okay. the first time. In a new way, so hopefully people will be willing to take a chance on it they didn't before, and other people will come back, and people enjoy finding out what happened to these characters. Sure. Well, and I think you've you've had an interesting path because you you started by publishing uh, the work of Prince, and then I feel like your your editorial stuff took off, and that's mm-hmm. when you you really got into the anthologies and working on that and and doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And so now you're come you're kind of coming full circle. Yeah, well, because like in 2012, Space Battles, which Patrick had a great story, and I still love that story. Oh, oh, oh! I have to tell you, I have to tell you. So my first panel here at WorldCon, I forget what it was, but anyway, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm I'm talking about oh, I was uh, video games. I'm talking about video games, right? That's how busy WorldCon is. You can't even yeah. remember his first panel. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm talking about video games, right? And um, this this. Lady walks up and she walks up to the stage and she's looking at me and I looked you know at, at after the whole thing and I'm like is do you have a question or something and she says she says yeah can can you sign this and she's handing me space battles how awesome right and she's got it bookmarked to my story and and I said where the hell did you find that because <laughs> it's out of print now. right I, I and she's like oh I've had this I've had this. And so I got to I that's like the the third copy of that that someone has brought to me and had me autograph. Just this weekend? No. But in total. In total. In total. Oh, Cuz I mean, well, I didn't I mean, we know that it didn't sell huge gangbusters. No, it sold it sold, it like, sold okay. For that publisher it was selling 5 to 10 copies a month, which made well, it one of their top sellers, but that's a small. But place. I remember I remember being in Denver at Mile High Con when it launched and the bookseller there had the volumes before and after, but not it. You know, that kind of stuff. I know, and and unfortunately, one of the mistakes that I think the publisher made, and he knows this. I'm very grateful to him. He gave me a great opportunity. yeah. But he numbered that series of anthologies. So people mistakenly thought that they had to read number one first before they read numbers two, three, four, five, six. And mine was number six. So that kind of hurt us a little bit. But at the time, before he went out of business and stopped doing um, fiction anymore, the two bestsellers in that series were the first book and my book, number six. So, I mean... We were doing we were doing okay. I'm kind of hoping that Wordfire will pick that up and we can re-release it. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm kind of working on it. Yeah. But I want to do uh, that was a shares anthology, and I'd like to pay my writers. So I'm trying to figure out how to finance it so I can actually pay people this time. <laughs> uh, because I mean, all I've gotten is a check for about 99 bucks out of it. That's all I got paid for the whole thing. Uh, and uh, I, I was supposed to wait and distribute to the 
authors, and I was hoping we would get more. And now I'm kind of like, okay, do I want to send 50 cents to people or what? <laughs> so anyway, your story was that that, that came out 2012, yeah. and then... That came out the year of the second book, The mm-hmm. Returning, um, the same year, yeah. And Patrick, like I said, Patrick had a story, Mike Resnick and Brad Torgerson had a story in it, um, Gene Johnson had a story in it, and a bunch of people. Uh, so my, my second novel kind of didn't go anywhere because of the publishing problem, but I found out how much I love doing anthologies and want to do more, and started thinking about what can I do next. And that's where Beyond the Sun came in Kickstarter, and where then somebody came to me to do Reagan Chronicles, and then I sold one to Bayon, and here we are. Very cool. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, we're running out of time, and you have a party to get ready for. So it's let's. Kind of an award ceremony. It's <laughs> a minor little thing nobody ever knows. About. I know. So uh, let's let's do this. Why don't you remind people again? You have an anthology coming out soon. Mission tomorrow. Mission tomorrow. When's that? When's that hitting? November third. November third. And then when is the re-release of the Worker Prince? Worker Prince Author's Definitive Edition will be out November third also. Oh, very cool. And then when's the second one? Second one should be out in January, February, somewhere, somewhere in late winter, early spring. Okay, and then you're going to do like six months, and then do the and third then this one next summer before WorldCon. We will have book three. Okay, very cool. So it'll be the Worker Prince, then the Returning, and then the Exodus. Awesome. Anything else you want to tell people about before I let you go? Thanks for all the support, and I hope you enjoy the books. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down with me today, Brian. My pleasure. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Hugo Award-winning SF Signal podcast. Your host is Patrick Hester, an author, a blogger, and a functional nerd. His website is www.atfmb.com, which stands for all things from my brain. ATFMB is also his Twitter handle and where you can find him on Facebook. Our podcast is available for download every week at sfsignal.com or via iTunes. Look for the links to subscribe in the sidebar at sfsignal.com or search SF Signal in iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends and their friends and so on and so on. Visit the Hugo Award-winning sfsignal.com for all of your speculative fiction needs. John D. and the SF Signal regulars offer up new content every day, from weekly mind melts featuring your favorite authors, editors, and artists from the SF and F field, to book reviews, original articles and essays, fiction deals, movie reviews, videos, links and roundup posts, and more. Click the RSS button in the sidebar of your browser to ensure you never miss a post. The SF Signal podcast is powered by the Functional Nerds. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Angry Um, robot. It's like talking to a child. Magic wooey. Thinking and crap. I don't even know what the horseman is. And scene, you bastard.